The pair you are about to hear are not professionals. Their opinions and beliefs are not that. They are just two idiots that are spitting nonsense. Hello. Welcome. Hello, hello. What is up, my guy? Uh, yeah, so uh, this is a new segment that uh, I kind of came up with for our, uh, our podcast. Uh, we're calling it Deep Dive. Uh, so we're going to deep dive into your favorite topics of pop culture, of the internet, of whatever you want. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and today's topic is uh, conspiracy theories. This is our mm. first uh, podcast, our first episode of uh, Deep Dive, so we started. We, we felt like we should start it off right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> today we have a mystery guest, uh, he who shall not be named, and no, I'm not talking about Voldemort. Uh, <laughs> he's here to explain some of the most popular or most unknown just some parts. patterns yeah 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 like much. patterns in conspiracy theories essentially and actually before we start i think it's uh in my interest in ours perhaps or maybe even the interest of the greater good that i smoke a joint and calm down <laughs> as honor thompson would say uh but yeah i, I was gonna open up by talking about we we covered some of this stuff last time I was over, uh, but uh, I wanted to really put in some stuff since I've been obsessing over this book, House of Leaves, by uh, Mark Z. Daniel Linsky. Um, really interesting read. Uh, in the opener, there's a quote, and it says, uh, While enthusiasts... And detractors will continue to empty entire dictionaries attempting to deride or describe the word authenticity still remains most likely to stir debate. And that word authenticity really is, uh, how do I put it? People have like an obsession to validate or invalidate certain things and... I stumbled onto, uh, what was it? There was a, there was a psychologist who did a study back in 1976. What was his name? Um, Richard Dawkins, 76. Uh, he did a study called Memes, the DNA of the Soul. And what people, like, look at as memes now on the internet has been taken from this study. And uh, Richard Dawkins, he talked about uh, how these cultural ideas are things that are passed down from person to person, sort of like genetics in a way, except uh, genetics can only be passed down from parent to recipient, whereas memes can be passed down through anybody and these are all just uh things that are ascribed to ideas behaviors dogmas uh styles that spread from person to person within a culture uh 
it's been since reappropriated by the internet with images and captions to represent these ideas and feelings. And over time, like people still have ideas that they pass down from generations, but there's a difference between coming up with an idea and having an idea. Because people very very far few and in between come up with their own original ideas most things are just uh homages in a way of one thing or another and it's like uh, your brain scrambling up yeah. what you what so, you've seen in your life and you think that it's an original idea but it's really not right just like it's synaptic receptors responding to various uh pieces of information and like sorting them out and things like that and uh, actually, there was a game that came out in 2013 called Metal Gear Rising, right, on the Xbox 360. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. um, I remember. Do you remember, uh, there, there was a, a whole speech about memes and how they're, like, taking over, like, the souls of society and being controlled and everything. <laughs> and that's really fucked up because if you consider uh, artificial intelligence and how that's advanced these past few years alone like you can see how uh they're starting to like read these memes as like ways of figuring out some kind of artificial sentience and it's kind of creepy and a difference between like having an idea pass through you and an idea having you is an idea will like take you change your perspective and kind of keep it there hold you in this place where uh you know you're entertained by that idea you've accepted it and there's another thing and the difference between entertaining ideas and accepting them uh and that can be dangerous territory as well relight this <clears throat> but yeah have, have any of you guys ever heard of of this study before I actually have never heard of that before you <laughs> told me about it. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to look at kind, kind of the idea. Conspiracy. The the idea that that gives me is mm -hmm. like. <sighs> oh, it's not a conspiracy though. This was a This was a study that was done. the The term meme came from this study. It's just been reappropriated to suit like internet memes. I don't even know if this is an actual conspiracy. These are just things that I've uh, looked at. Kind it, of like, it helps to understand and put yourself in the idea of being open to other things. Yeah, so, the, like, explaining this will help understand something down right. the road. But like I was saying, it was mentioned in Metal Gear Rising, and often things like this, uh, conspiracies like this, would like come up and kind of manifest, because this is relatively new um, like to some people, like Westworld, uh, it, you just kind of gave me an idea about how they have a machine that absorbs everybody's information, right? And it catalogs you and puts you in groups and mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of things that could eventually, in the future, mm -hmm. affect how you get a job, right? You and, know, and that's a whole other thing too. Who is, gets uh, what job? Who stays poor? Who gets rich? Who that, who does this? It's all predetermined. That's right, Jasmine. It's happening now. Yeah. Through social media. See, there's different ways that they're using it. Like, uh, they'll say, what was that? There was a documentary on Netflix, The Social Network. Or, no, uh, that was... Uh, 
the social dilemma. The social, social dilemma. dilemma. Yeah, yeah, they were talking about it. The social network. We how, had the same discussion about fucking yeah, Jesse no, that Eisenberg. Was a great like, movie. Yeah, that was fucking movie. scored by Trent Reznor. Yeah. Oh my god, he used something called like a nin. What is it like? A swarmatron that was like developed by these uh, two dudes in Brooklyn, just handcrafted synthesizer. Sounds right. so organic. He used it for that movie. Ah, oh, I'm obsessed. Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, I agree. Some stuff like that is definitely happening in the world. Everything's predetermined, like uh, just based on even your parents' past. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's it it collects all this information, but who has access to the information? What are they doing with this information? Well, you see, as like as information has become more readily available, and our connections have become more transparent in a way. Um, like new things are coming to light in ways that like possibly have before and times that we haven't existed but like you know like there's uh whole things like sections that are missing in history like we lost the ingredients the concrete and then found it yes. again you know like shit like that but more in like a metaphysical sort of plane where like we have these ideas or connections to uh this thing that's beyond us um you don't want to put a name on it so god per se but uh yeah well and, that's and and all-knowing omniscient force. being yeah it has oh. a lot of names you could call it god hey, uh... but i'm not ready to get into the occult yet so um but yeah, social media. The intention, though, they tell us that it's to sell us things, uh, which it is. We're a capitalistic society. But it's pretty it's much just like us recycling money, going back to the same people. And uh, if you guys want to understand this further, there, go watch the social dilemma on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, there's uh, like that's a great documentary. Yes. But yeah, there's more to the whole I ideology than just than just that. It's being used for pretty well, much anything. I'm just anything. saying as like a door opening kind of thing. Like if you're yeah. interested in what oh, we're no, talking yeah, they, about, go watch that. Yeah, they like, cover they cover pretty much all of it. Yeah. As far because they have good sources and everything too. Yeah. People who actually worked at these companies and had issues with the morality of it. Social media completely runs the world now as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, if, if, if Facebook says that something, you know, it's true, right? Well, yeah, it's integrated into our Truth. culture now. Not even just American culture, every single culture. <clears throat> yeah. There's Saudis in the middle of the desert who are like, oh, hit me up on Facebook. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it... All social media is connected. It's all to sell us mm -hmm. things. It's just one big ad revenue for these large Fortune 500 companies. And that's kind of a perfect example of how uh, the memes have been, you know, used. Abused. Abused. <laughs> yeah. Used and abused. Uh, systematic industrial, like, profilings of people's emotions just like what makes a person a person 
Yeah, like that, mm -hmm. uh, the Patriot mm -hmm. Act. Well, um, Edward Snowden, that's who I was getting around to. He, uh, found out that the U.S. government was collecting more information on its own citizens than it was other countries. Yeah. yeah. And he blew the whistle about it. And I still think he lives in freaking Russia, so... <laughs> he does. He is, uh, uh, asylum. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Putin was just like, yeah, dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> They're all like, it we is. don't even spy on our citizens that much. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, they it probably do. They probably got the what? idea from Putin. <laughs> What'd you say, Zach, though? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, uh, Edward Snowden is such a prolific character for this kind of stuff on like so in your seeing... opinion Edward Snowden hero or villain are you asking me anybody uh, it's more complicated would... than that because uh, you're that's a whole yeah, I would say... line of semantics that you're just opening up and like then I'm gonna have to ask the like the questions like dismantle that like what is what makes a good person what makes a bad person, and I didn't say good or evil. Good or evil, a hero or villain? You say hero. Do you villain. think his in your own eyes? Well, that would that would imply. Fashion. Not everybody's hero is mm -hmm. good. That would imply that there's a. <laughs> everybody's standards are different. I meant in your eyes, what you think is a good person what you think is a bad person. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be regulated or standardized down to a T. I think that he has both the potential to be good and bad, but... Everybody does. But with, uh, you know, his his place and, and his position and, like, where he's worked and what he's done with the information that he's collected, and uh, I'd say that he... He's done more good than the people that are trying to prosecute him have yeah. probably ever done. True that. I feel that his motives were rational in the sense, which I also see that he, like, I see him actually, like, what he did was actually a good thing. Uh, because it gives more information into how our government is controlling us in multiple ways. Which other countries already know. I know, yeah. But there, therein lies a conspiracy of its own. Like, right, right. But we're not going to get into that one today. Like, we yeah. should, we should, we should keep the whole uh, list and everything. Yeah, yeah. We got a, we got a list going, bro. <laughs> like, let me talk have... about something that that can relate to this though. Uh, and this was a, an experiment that was done by. Uh, Eddie Oben, I'm butchering that last name, uh, came out in 2013, which is ironically the same year that Metal Gear came out. Um, but there was an experiment called the Five Monkeys Experiment, and you may have heard of this. Uh, and, uh, yes, I've heard of this experiment. Yeah, it was basically, uh, there were five monkeys in a cage with a large ladder in the center of the room, and a bunch of bananas on top of the ladder. Now, every time one of the monkeys reached for the bananas, 
he'd spray him with the cold stream of water, and then he'd spray all of the other monkeys with the cold stream of water. And it got to where, after they got tired of getting sprayed, every time one of the monkeys would go for the bananas, they'd tear him off of the ladder and just beat the shit out of him, right? So he started replacing the monkeys in the group with... Uh, subjects that were not exposed to the cold stream of water and they'd go up to get the bananas they'd get taken down they'd get beat up and eventually all of the monkeys that got sprayed with the water were out of the room and replaced with five new monkeys that didn't know why they couldn't get the bananas they just knew that every time one of them tried they'd all beat the shit out of each other. And if that doesn't tell you something about the human psyche and the way that it works on like an industrial and political level, um, like man, because that's kind of how we're being trained in, in, in some lights. Also, uh, what was it? Dave Chappelle mentioned something in, in one of his skits a while ago about uh, a book that he read called Iceberg Slim, I think it was. It was written by a pimp in the 1940s, and he's just documenting all the shit in his game. Uh, and he uses terms like uh, mileage on a hoe which pretty much means, like, how much fucked up shit can you do to a person before they break? And a good pimp can spot somebody and tell their mileage, like, right off the bat, just by looking at them. And, uh, you know, <laughs> just the way that the pimp game is run and the way that, like, industries are run, very fucking similar like, it's almost eerie. It's like, uh... I don't know, that just tells you something about, like, the way that we're viewed as just, like, average proletarians working for the system, and... Yeah. Uh, but a the lot of... The fact that there is a system. Yeah, a lot of things echo. <laughs> um... But the five monkeys experiment, that was that was something I learned like way back in high school just stuck with me. Uh, and it's still like representative today in a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. But you know, uh, so much information is redacted, so much history, like they're trying to blur so much. There's so much that's just like so many like counter facts that are uh so many facts that are countering other things and it's just uh <laughs> mind boggling nobody knows what's true anymore and uh what was another quote was that uh, maturity what? maturity one discovers has everything to do with the acceptance of not knowing and there's a, a trick to not knowing and not getting just trapped in ambivalence and just like what all of the things that just come with not knowing something like 
Uh, ignorance is bliss, am I right? I guess so. Because once you know, you know, and you can't mm -hmm. unknow. Really can't. Ignorance is bliss. Passion is torture. Actually, uh, there's another one from the same book. I told you I'm obsessed with House of Leaves. Uh, passion has little to do with euphoria and everything to do with patience. It is not about feeling good. It is about endurance. Like patience, passion comes from the same Latin root, pati. It does not mean to flow with exuberance. It means to suffer. And that it does. And if you're passionate about something that other people know little to nothing about, then they'll say you're crazy about it. Or they'll say that you're crazy. You're a fanatic. Or they'll question your you're sanity. You're a zealot. You're a psycho. You're a weird. Honestly. Because if you, uh, if somebody starts coming up to you, though, like, I can understand if a guy just walked up to you and started talking about carrots, like, everything carrot, like, the kind of carrots Bugs Bunny eats and, like, that one cartoon where <laughs> Elmer Fudd, like, you'd start to wonder, like, how much acid that guy took at his fucking weird uncle's carrot ranch, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like... Shit's I'm sorry, like, whenever you said carrot ranch, like, I was like... Carrots and ranch. Carrots and ranch. <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty good, bro. But, you know, I'm a fanatic. I'm a culture junkie, so to speak. Like, there's so many things that echo in our culture, mythology, just everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels like humans write the same story over and over and over again, and people still get surprised by the ending. It's that's it's that's all it is though. Yeah. We've all we've boiled it down already. You figured it out. Conspiracies, all of it, our history, mythology, everything, it's all a story. Yeah. So the, the blur between reality and fiction is obscured by uh, subjugation instead of uh, individual perception. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man. But, you know, the funny thing about Echoes, I can get into Echoes. I was going to get into Echoes anyway. I might as well do it. Did you say hey. Echoes? Echoes. <laughs> All right. Let's see. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little bit of uh, From House of Leaves here. <laughs> Uh, and here it starts, uh, generally speaking, Echo is two coexistent histories, the mythological one and the scientific one. Each provides a slightly different perspective on the inherent meaning of, uh, reoccurrence, especially when that repetition is imperfect. To illustrate the multiple reasons found in an Echo the Greeks conjured up a story about a beautiful mountain nymph. Her name was Echo, and she made a mistake of helping Zeus succeed in one of his sexual conquests, as they often do. Yeah. <laughs> Zeus was literally the worst out of all of them. Hera found out about it and punished Echo, making it impossible for her to say anything except the last word spoken to her. Zach? Uh, Dougie Jones? <laughs> Uh, 
Soon after, Echo fell in love with Narcissus, whose obsession with himself caused her to pine away until only her voice remained. Another lesser-known version of the myth has Pan falling in love with Echo. Echo, however, rejects his uh, amorous offers, and Pan begins being a god of uh, civility and restraint, tears her to pieces, bearing all of her except her voice. And there's uh, an italic here that says, Andata ta malay, which translates to her still singing limbs. But wait, there's more. <laughs> um, let's get into the science. I already covered the mythology. I don't want to get too deep into this because there's, it's really thick in the subject matter. Uh, here we go. Aside from uh, reoccurrence, revision, and symbolic reference, echoes also reveal emptiness since an object always muffled or impaired acoustic reflection only empty places can create echoes lasting clarity oh move this around ironically hollowness increases eerie quality of otherness inherently an echo delay and fragmented repetition created a sense of another inhibiting and necessarily deserted place. All right, this kind of goes on. It creates a ghostly sound, pretty much is what they're talking about. They say uh, there's a reason why the architecture of churches is built to carry echoes while choirs sing, because it's supposed to represent that of uh, God calling back at you or in a way in some mythologies mocking you in your loneliness or uh, that's actually something i really did know about cathedrals yeah or reverberant built specifically to like down to the the t exactly how they want your the voice to right uh, echo it's freaky architecture in general if you consider it in uh various things is very freaky especially in this particular book they talk a lot about um a lot about really weird like stuff that has to do with just like the nature of things and um here was the one that got me it was talking about how uh Where is it? Yeah, how it can be... Uh, it can be satisfying, even, an echo. Because uh, if you drop a pebble down a well, it's gratifying to hear the inevitable plunk. But if, however, the pebble only slips into darkness and vanishes without a sound, uh, the effect is disquieting and uh there's a formula that talks about that's uh, very true sound plus time equals acoustic light and it gets into the science of uh animals that perceive things with sonar 
like bats and whales and it gets like really specific about it um sound plus time equals acoustic light yeah in a way yeah bats for example uh create f frequency modulated images by producing constant frequency signals 0 0.5 to 100 plus ms and fm signals 0 0.5 to 10 ms and their larynx uh the respondent echoes are then translated into nerve discharges in the auditory cortex enabling the bat not only to determine an insect's velocity and distance through synaptic uh interpretation of doppel shifts but pinpoint the location to which a fraction of a millimeter Damn, which is Batman. pretty impressive <laughs> mm -hmm. so basically like it goes into like how we created or uh we mimicked sonar based off of uh certain animals in nature and like how they actually perceive things based off of the way that we can pretend to I would love to see the UV light spectrum of another animal. I mean, like an eagle. We did, yeah, we did base uh, sonar for submarines off of the how mm -hmm. dolphins communicate and stuff like that. Right. And bats too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, both bats and dolphins because both of them use amplification. And if you think about it, like things like optical sound, like uh, on film. Because before there was sound in film, like, it was, uh, it was recorded differently. It was, uh, recorded to sound film and played back from sound film through the use of light, uh, just like picture. And what was, I took some notes. Yeah, it talks about how, like, uh, sound waves converted to corresponding changes in light sound waves produced by voice are transmitted through the air by microphone when sound waves are converted to changes in the electronic current these variations in an electric current are then amplified and used to control the light falling on the f uh, photogenic film the light then falls upon photographic film is uh in the form of a fine bright line extending transversely of one direction in which in which the film moves so like uh the sound waves that were projected by the light were placed on like the actual side of the film while the movies were playing it on a projector and that's what Amplified that's with where, the gramophone. Yeah, that's where the word soundtrack came from. And uh, Yeah, that's very similar to how they still do it today with uh, laser projection. Right. If that gives you any idea of how like a bat would see something audibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Like the, mm -hmm. the whole science behind converting mm -hmm. light to sound and vice versa. And I thought it was similar to... Uh, the Birkeland current, which is something that's uh, that's represented a lot in the occult and in 
stuff like Donnie Darko or uh, anything that has to do with like portals because there was a uh, a Norwegian explorer and physicist named Kristen Birkeland <clears throat> from 1908 and uh, he went to the Arctic to study the and uh, basically, uh, he looked at like uh, different geometric flowing lines that connected uh, the Earth's magnetosphere to the Earth's high latitude longosphere. This um, sounds a lot like his dark materials. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because whenever you look at like his studies and. Uh, look at like uh the way that he talks about how it's transmitted into like an image that creates the aurora borealis it sounds a lot like how electricity is uh transferred to a television set yeah or audibly a, a projection yeah or audibly like how it would or rip open a space yeah be similar to optical sound even in the time space continuum um yeah there's probably a sound loud enough to do that we Rip could even hear and, and here's another thing yeah me and jag were talking about like languages and uh like the navajo wind talkers and how they could communicate and they used like sounds that nobody else would use in like languages that they like they communicated with the forest almost in a way it was and uh all of that information is gone now like we can't even replicate it yeah last time we were talking i was uh talking about ancient civilizations and you know graham hancock he's uh yes yes he's wrote many books on ancient mm -hmm. civilizations and how we've lost thousands and thousands of years of human discoveries due oh. to catastrophic events Eat. We lost one of the biggest catastrophic events I can think of is the burning of the Library of Alexandria. Definitely. Um, because we lost so thousands, thousands of information from like thousands of years of, of, of history. And it's just all gone. Stuff that could have pro propelled us like hundreds of years yeah. in the future. See, right? I wonder exactly. how much of that stuff was scribed. All and these archaeological like, digs, you man, know, stashed like, in the Vatican or something, you know. Oh no, it's stashed somewhere, and somebody's mm -hmm. studying it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say it: they are reverse engineering UFOs mm -hmm. in the United States. Haven't like, they been? They have been. Yeah, that's they what have. I'm saying. Yes. Like there, there's undeniable proof about it. Like they won't, they won't come out and just be like, uh, "Yeah, aliens exist," because well, it's actually mm -hmm. them. Well, they you did. They did. They did say UFOs exist. The Navy did say US UFOs exist this year. Fuck um, the Navy. Like, look back at uh, back in the 40s, like, when the Nazis were doing that shit, dude. Like, Nazis were doing fucked up shit all the yeah, time. Yeah, they were, but, like, uh, especially when it came to that kind of thing, like, they were on top of the shit. And then, like, you consider, well, Paperclip happened, uh, the Nuremberg trials back in, what was it? Uh, 1945 through 46, and then, like, what, 10 years later, 1958, NASA happened. 
Warner Von Braun was uh, one of the head the head guys in charge of NASA. A fucking that we shipped over. War criminal from... War criminal killed yeah. thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people this, in the this camps. This definitely and... ties towards the TV show Hunters, the one that Jasmine and I showed. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, they, def- they definitely talk about Operation Paperclip. Which... Yeah, Paperclip's a deep one. Like, that's... that's... Because that, because that's one that like ties into okay, you look you look at it and then you realize um, exactly how much of this occult shit is involved with politics and how that got introduced through like certain Aryan races and the symbols things yeah. that yeah you take a symbol of peace and you defile it and you make it something else and that has an effect on everything else around it. As far as like spiritualism yeah. goes, uh, culture, like anything with a peace symbol on it, uh, you automatically think of a fucking holocaust. Yeah. And you can't help it. Well, that's another thing with like just symbols and their how they adapt over time. Mm-hmm. Like that's um, right. Going back. Going back to the Nazis, the Nazi symbol, the swastika, was originally a symbol for peace and love and power. It was a, uh, a Hindu symbol, right? It was a Hindu symbol, yes. Uh, From the Kabbalah. Or no, the Kabbalah was uh, Egyptian. I thought it was a Buddhist symbol. I think it... I, okay, hold on. Uh, from Eurasia. There we go. Yeah. Cultures of Eurasia. So it's it's a Europe Asian uh, symbol. Uh, Eurasian. Yeah, the spirituality in Indian regions, including Hinduism, Buddhism, and uh, Jain- Jainism. Is that how you say it? I might be wrong. No idea. I'd have to be looking at the word. J. I'm not gonna spell it. But um, <laughs> the symbol is originally meant to be like good power and uh, right. wealth it's mm-hmm. it's luck it's it's in the sense and stuff like that mm. <laughs> and it got adapted if, with the nazis and yeah it became a symbol of hate and white power it became a meme yeah <laughs> going back to that uh but yeah that just goes <laughs> to show you yeah how things do like change over time because you look at like you know theories like the mandela effect uh which should probably have a different name uh things that used to be or things that used to exist uh in another time or universe or uh existed in a certain way yeah or existed like in a different way uh but has since been altered or ceased to exist altogether possibly concurrently with our own timeline Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's what I believe. That's my conspiracy theory: is that like we have every choice we make creates a new timeline or a parallel mm-hmm. world where that choice is different. I mean, think of think of Babylon because people don't even really know what the fuck that is. Uh, they yeah, just think of yeah. reggae music. Uh, Samaria is the name given to a once flourishing civilization that existed in what is now known as Iraq. Uh, In the area called 
the Greeks by Mesopotamia and by the Arabs as simply the island for it exists between two rivers, uh, the Tigris and the Euphrates, which run down from the mountains to the Persian Gulf. And uh, that is the site of the fabled city of Babylon. That came from the Necronomicon, actually. And that's like right before they get into... The Bible into, talks about Babylon as well. The Bible talks about it, but the Necronomicon gets more into uh, other things that the Bible took from like uh, different like philosophers and oracles and things like that. And I wanted to get into some of that, but I don't know if it's the right time. Maybe I should... Since I brought up Samaria, which is a really fucking weird thing, if you look at uh, uh, just anomalous cases. Like, you mentioned UFOs, and I wanted to bring up the fourth kind, uh, based off of true events. That, In Nome, Alaska? Yeah, the dream psychologist that uh, did the study on people in her town. Uh, they who, called it mass hysteria, yeah, but I don't think they that's saw what it owls is. in their dreams that were not owls. The, Her children like, uh, disappeared. Yeah. There was a guy, uh, there was a part in the movie, they showed the actual footage side by side, where uh, she put one of her subjects under hypnosis and started to try and like analyze the owl. And he saw the owl for what it was. It said something to him. He was freaking the fuck out. Snapped him out of it, right? Later that night, she gets a call at like 3 in the morning. Goes over to his house. The sheriff is calling her. Um, and he's got his entire family at gunpoint demanding to talk to her. And he's asking her what this phrase means uh, in Sumerian. And she can't tell him, so he kills his family and then himself. And, like, that shit actually happened. Um, and then there was, like, there was all the footage that happened after that with, uh, with the audio clips of just people under hypnosis speaking in Sumerian. Weird stuff. Sumerian's yeah. the first, uh civilization right or no no not first so first culture right Sumer. i mean that's debatable because we really don't know well we don't know but it's the oldest living like oldest known oldest known, oldest known yeah uh civilization i they probably have yeah, all the I answers so. that we're looking mm -hmm. for see Can't that's I where uh that's around the same area where if you get into like the grimoires and uh, the Eye of Solomon and uh, the story behind like him and the brass uh, vessel that contained the demons that he used to build the city. And even to this day in like hermetic magic, uh, they, they use some of the same methods for uh, summoning those same demons to... Uh, to do certain things awful things um usually it's it's more or less just uh 
to make some kind of contact to get some sort of like knowledge or something that they don't otherwise have but who knows man because that stuff is becoming more prevalent like people are occultism starting to or? learn well occultism in general people are starting to learn more about it and that's not necessarily a good thing what i mean look at all the baby witches man like <laughs> come on it's, they don't it's know because they do not know what they're getting into but i'm gonna get into it now okay <laughs> it's all because of uh social media and internet influence also because of like you know uh yeah, the memes. Uh, Crowley's become a popular subject lately. And that's one of the more dangerous ones, uh, the Thelemites. Because if you look into Crowley, like, he, the way he writes things, the way that he, uh, he manifests it, like, he does it to dismantle, like, certain ideas and replace it, like, with his own in a really manipulative kind of way. Like, he'll drive people insane um he'll use it to make people crazy and shit like and you can tell by reading it he's got a book called the book of lies and he'll tell you at the beginning um everything i'm about to tell you is a lie and then you'll read through it and still believe it <laughs> but i but lies also uh echo with symbols of the truth um in every lie there's a grain of truth right so they say but uh crowley basically the thelemites whole thing is like uh do what thou wilt be the whole of the law so do what you will and there's don't get me wrong there's a lot of really profound and like beautiful philosophies if you know how to read crowley but that's a dangerous philosophy for people to be messing around with, especially if you know the, like, the natures of, like, the evils of human beings that resides in all of us. People say, uh... I mean, look at how it echoes in uh, Christianity, like, God-fearing, if you believe that, like, you know, we're all God trying to figure out our own potential in God as consciousness, then we should fear ourselves. We should be afraid of ourselves. And uh, in certain lights, like, there has to be a balance. And I'm going to get into uh, something that I delved into a long time ago, uh, which kind of put some things into perspective for me as far as, like, just general like analytical study of like religion goes and that's uh the chaldean oracles of zaroaster and a lot of their stuff is used throughout um just throughout various organizations and uh things that have to do with like spiritualism and in the beginning of the necronomicon they used one of their warnings which i thought was appropriate uh, for getting into magic of any kind. And it says, Stoop not down unto the darkly splendid world, wherein continually leth a faithless depth, and Hades wrapped in clouds, 
delighting and unintelligible images, precipitous winding, a black ever-rolling abyss, ever-espousing a body, unluminous, formless, and void. And if that's not an appropriate warning, like, I don't know what is... Uh, the Necronomicon is written by... H.P. Lovecraft. That's what I thought. But uh, it's pretty. It's a big soup. Like There's a lot of stuff that's picked apart from other things that's put into it. And he like does it in a way where like it's picked apart and then he introduces his own mythos. And that's where the <clears throat> bullshit comes in. Right. Like any like mythos or religion or anything. It's taken with a grain of salt. But the important part is the comparing, like the dismantling, like being able to say, see that it's all the same thing, pretty An much, echo. in different lights. An echo, it's a reflection of one person's perspective of it or another. It's very based on individuality. Um, I mean, and, yeah, like memes and genetics, you pass down ideas as much as you pass down your genes, you know what I mean? So, um, if you're going to think one way, chances are that the people that you surround yourself with think the same way. So, right. are your ideas yeah. your ideas? Unless you keep each other on your toes, you know, like... <laughs> yeah. It's it's very hard to tell when ideas are original at this moment. Well, like, not even at this moment, right. just now, in general. Now that there's more people in the world as well. Yeah. That, and, that... like, yeah, not only that, but also mm-hmm. just, like, again, the internet, memes, stuff like that, just, it's all so relevant and easy to get to now. So, it's Hollywood just, loves like, that. They're all yeah, like, oh, sure. we'll remake this again. <laughs> and they'll love it. I, that, that reminds me, I remember there was this movie, two movies, it, I can't remember, I think one of them was called unfriended or something like that it was two movies where it both dealt with a haunting that was on facebook and it would attack people through like discord and shit it was, that's and weird came out, yeah these two movies came out four i think four years or something apart but they're exactly the same oh like yeah so it's just another way of like showing that there's like you can copy or well like at least history history repeats itself in the sense that's funny because <clears throat> you know the oracles talk about that shit too like and like they they uh they came out with this book a very long time ago uh and it was basically just full of their own like philosophies and the oracles yeah. Who are the oracles? The the Chaldean oracles of Zarowaster. Like, uh, they're based off of... Remember, like, from the Disney Hercules, the three witches that shared the eyeball, that could see the future? Gotcha. Like, uh, like, the, they're Greek based myth- off like of, the Greek mythology. Ones. Yeah, they're based off of that. Uh, they were real, but in mythology, like, they were kind of like their own mythos in it. And, uh... They basically, like, they they pass down different things from, like, the Kabbalah, like, uh, Egyptian theology, uh, planted seeds for Christianity, um, all kinds of stuff. And they have uh, pretty much, like, 
set way for various like magi that manifested after that right but uh yeah the ones that wrote that that warning <clears throat> but they echo all over the occult Where was it? You brought up a lot of good points today about things echoing and uh, like just the non-originality of human thought. (laughs) I mean, at the... uh... At this moment, I think I've seen so many things that are just like a repeat. Right. Just with small changes. I mean, go go. it all goes back to mythology again. Like, uh, you look at uh, Odysseus and the Clash of the Titans and everything's kind of based off of that same formula. Um, whereas, yeah. The hero trope? The hero's journey. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. Whereas, uh, like, even, like, an alternate version of that, Dante's Inferno, like, was similar, but, uh, told in a very different way. But, like, all of that stuff, even, like, you look at the greatest mysteries of all, time and uh you realize that like it it even echoes with the old mysteries of mythology and those things are there because they're not meant to be solved it's you have to get comfortable with the unknown yeah it's the death of the mystery i I think people are just uncomfortable with knowing Mm -hmm. like not knowing look at the look at the maze like we were talking about the shining uh King Minus's uh, maze that he put uh, for Pan. Yeah, he put for for who? For Pan. See, there was a there was another theory about how like his son was the Minotaur, and he hid him inside of his labyrinth so that no he didn't have to kill him, but nobody could find him, and it makes sense kind of because like he wasn't really guarding anything the minotaur didn't even really kill anybody like he just wanted as to- many people as the maze like the labyrinth itself killed more people from just starvation um curiosity killed the cat at the end but of the see day, right? uh right the symbology behind the labyrinth though it echoes in the shining and uh he brings it up in a way it's like the greatest mysteries are kind of like a trap like you're not supposed to you're not supposed to leave the maze you're supposed to keep keep yourself trapped inside because the depths want to keep you (laughs) they have not returned very many up to now and therefore men fled from the depths and attacked them. 
What if the depths, due to the assault, now change themselves into death? But the depths did it indeed change themselves into death. Therefore, when they awoke, they inflicted a thousandfold death. We cannot slay death as we have already taken all life from it. If we still want to get, overcome death, then we must enlive it. And that comes from uh, The Red Book by Carl Jung, mentioned in The Shining also. Um, Is there any other movies that you know of that reflect these same thoughts? So many, but like the best one is probably the Navidson record. And when did that one come and out? And the Navidson record, the Navidson record came out in like uh, what was it? Uh, sometime in the mid '90s, released by Miramax, and uh, it started as just a uh, like a a film that was just distributed uh, through like VHS tapes on like a home film throughout certain inner circles and uh, like a snuff film sort of but the, it was it was like it was just store. like a weird movie it was just like and it started out uh, <laughs> like the titled The five and a half minute hallway. Yeah. But uh yeah, that's the whole thing. Found what like it's about yeah nineteen ninety six documentary gone wrong. Pretty much that's what it is. Um but see the credentials of the guy that filmed it, he was a uh, a photojournalist. Will Navidson and uh, he was settling down and he got really anxious about it so he decided to make a, a documentary about settling down with his family in a house in Virginia and uh, sounds like the beginning of Sinister and then <laughs> yeah and then things got weird certain temporal uh, spatial anomalies took place and the thing that was interesting with that particular film is that uh it was filmed like in continuous shots on vhs like home movie tapes high eights and uh like the funny thing about it is there's no way like they could have edited some of the things in it that they did and another more interesting fact is it's a perfect case of the Mandela effect because so many people have seen it, right? And it just disappears out of nowhere as if it doesn't exist. I did find something. I was able to find four parts of the Navidson record on YouTube. Huh. Posted 2008. Yeah, most of the stuff you'll see about it is either just like fan-made are made by like people that that are fanatics about it but have never even like seen anything of it yeah i don't know 
It's a very it's, it's a very would... strange thing. Have you heard like of Skinwalker it. Ranch? No. Yes. Yes. You've heard of Skinwalker Ranch? Wait a minute. So yes, Skinwalker Ranch is one of the most expensive uh, scientific studies on UFOs and paranormal hotspots in human history. Oh shit! So uh, it's a place that's out in the middle of like one of the hot hotter states, like Utah, Arizona. Utah. 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 Yeah. So uh, in in the middle of Utah, and it's a place where weird fucking things happen. They'll wake up and their cows are missing all their skin. Yeah. Like uh, the the cows have been mutilated. Like. All that kind of stuff. And, like, there's security cameras, all kinds of stuff like that. Multiple people have had multiple experiences yeah. living on this ranch. And it's, like, a good amount of area. Uh, 512 acres in yes, I, southeast I of Ballard, Utah. And Utah. Yes, Utah. And it was named as a government site. Because so many weird things were happening at this place. So people would see balls of light. They'd see things walk out of the balls of light. The balls of light would disappear. The The thing would remain. They'd th see things walking into the balls of light. You know, I think this is an area in the world that is a thin spot to another dimension, time, whatever. You know what I mean? But the things that come out of it aren't human. Yeah. Oh, getting into a topic of like scp shit at this point <laughs> which i think like that really ties to it like i'm looking at the list of shit that came down with, like, well yeah but skinwalker. the 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 u.s government spent a fuck ton of money on skinwalker ranch research and this place specifically in the entire united states hmm. is the most is like the most uh talked about one these creatures gearing up they uh, supposedly, mentioned if you don't know what a skinwalker is, it's pretty much like a beast that can make itself look human and walk among humans. Right. It's, very, it's dangerous and it kills humans with food and sustenance. <laughs> if you watch Supernatural, it's a Jefferson Starship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard uh, uh, yeah. legends about the skinwalkers. It comes with like the same territory as like the shadow people almost, except uh See, I don't know much about the Shadow People. I know a fuck ton about Skinwalker Ranch though. Have you ever had like uh sleep paralysis or night terrors? Anything okay, like that? Okay, I've had I've had a night terror, I guess. Like what what do you consider a night terror? What may, well, what's the difference between a night terror and a bad dream? Well a night terror night is like something that you uh your body doesn't know you're paralyzed, so you're kind of sleepwalking at the same time. Um, I was never one. Night terrors are worse than. It's it's like you get a feeling of it's like a panic attack while sleeping. Huh. Never yeah. had a night terror before. I used to have them like a lot. It's funny because uh, children have them like more often than adults do, and some people like. It doesn't stop. It's just like something that happens occasionally. There I feel like they're triggered by trauma, though. Mm -mm. Maybe. Frankly, the thing mm -hmm. is, people see the similar, uh, like mm -hmm. similar symbols or beings of shadow people, people that are like yeah. dark, uh, who and just like hollow eyes. 
and shit like that. Yeah, that's a that's a whole other thing with dream studies too. Is like people that are live in different regions of the world uh, that have reported just like uncannily, just like similar experiences when it comes to like the description of particular metaphysical beings that had certain facial structures and descriptions and like intentions mm -hmm. dream studies are weird when you get into carl Jung, it's like uh he talks about how it's kind of like communing with parts of not only parts of your soul but like parts of just things that uh manifest outside of outside of us outside of whatever uh dimension like we're in whatever whatever else is out there beyond the veil so to speak yeah is he gone <laughs> no no he's here he's oh, here shit, i thought you just hung i'm up. still here no that's good um i did have have something I wanted to do during this uh, podcast, though. Yeah, what's up? Uh, I wanted to uh, list off crazy conspiracy theories and see what you think about them. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, before we do that, did you want to finish up with anything uh, regarding anything um, else? Jeez. Uh, Let's see. Man, we talked about some of the stuff. Um, talked about the occult a little bit. I just want to make sure you hit all your points before we ended. <laughs> oh, right. That's right. Because um, at this point, we have about <laughs> 20 minutes. Okay, yeah. There's a, there's a film that is coming out. It's titled The Dweller on the Threshold. So I'm not permitted to say anything about it yet but that is that is a thing that's going to be a collaborative project between uh me and a few other people a lot of other people <laughs> so uh yeah yeah right on. all right so awesome. go ahead and break into your crazy uh conspiracy theories let's hear them Yes. Okay, so I'm going to start with the first uh, one, the most recent. Uh, COVID-19 was engineered. Engineered? Yes. It was engineered either by China as an attack on America, or their people are blaming 5G for it. 5G's a hoax. Yeah. I believe, I that, I, that. I believe <laughs> that this was a laboratory experiment that escaped. Mm -hmm. Simply, yeah. It could have been. It's just something that could have gone wrong. I know that's what I'm saying. I don't think it necessarily was intentional. Mm -hmm. But I do think that they were working on this virus in a lab. And that lab, somebody had a rip in their suit, whatever. You know what I mean? There was, the contamination process was interrupted. And they carried it out. Mm -hmm. It has an incubation period, you know. Yep. Uh, and it took its hold. 
Yeah. So I mean that that's quite possibly exactly mm. what happened. Other than someone literally bit a bat's head off and got it. Yeah. Infected. I heard somebody had sex with a bat. That's what uh, I maybe heard. that was just Randy <laughs> and Mickey Mouse. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh no. <laughs> oh man. Uh, onto the next conspiracy though. The uh, Bigfoot bag. is real. See, if Savannah were here, know. she would say how yes. How fucking how old is that dude? He's been around since. Now, like... dude, he's not a dude. He's a fucking cryptid. Get it right. <laughs> See, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, cryptids can live for a long period of time. I don't believe Bigfoot exists. I but... believe Bigfoot may have existed at one time. I but mean, he's definitely maybe dead. <laughs> I've never seen Bigfoot, but I've seen a lot of hillbillies, and I know that that's some shit that they would. You know what? That it they would just convince hill- their kids just is a, a thing belly, because know? Santa Claus exists and the greatest lie to your children. <laughs> Don't go out in the woods; the skunk ape will get you. For skunk ape, <laughs> <laughs> the stinky gorilla. When I did a project for uh, one of my classes, I did it over at some legends of the United States, uh, and I found a what. Are you getting further away from your mic? Because that's what it sounds like. Uh, no. Okay. So, I did a project in, uh, uh, I think, like the first year of college or something like that, <laughs> uh, where I did a, a, a recorded myths and legends of the United States. Yes. Um, yeah, and I Fucking made, like, a man. map. Yeah, exactly. I made a map of it, but... A lot of the correlations I found were, there were many states had the same kind of mythological footprints. And Richard Gere was a part of all of them. But when I looked deeper into it, it seemed like the times when people saw the ape, it was like a progressive, like he was going throughout the United States. Right. That's at least. Yeah, so there's probably a graph somewhere that has Bigfoot sightings on it. Yeah, it was just like you could see it starting in Florida, then going to uh, like Georgia, then up to Missouri, then to uh, uh, Utah. Yeah. Also, I was I was like looking into similar stuff like that. But, uh, like the missing 411 cases where people just disappear in the woods, experience hunters, like, that just, like, there's a point of separation and then not only are they missing, but, like, all the stuff that they had with them is just gone, like, in places as simple as just their own backyard. It's like... NBC News posted this map. Um, Bigfoot sightings. Why does weird shit always happen around just like Washington or Florida? <laughs> yeah, because there's a definite uh, drug problem down in Florida, so I wouldn't believe any of these. You know, <laughs> all that I have the all next... that flocka that they're in taking. Uh, the, the bath salts that they're eating. That too, bro. You seen yeah. a video of somebody on flocka? What? I think so. No. What is... You've never seen a video of somebody on Flocka? 
No, I don't think so. Like on top of them? No, no. no. Flock is a drug. Oh, flock. You spell it. Oh shit! I thought you meant Waka. It's F L A K K A. Vice. It's a Catholic class. Developed in the 1960s and sold as a designer drug. Haha. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sounds wholesome. Uh, yeah, uh, it appeared in Florida, you know. It just appeared in Florida. Have and, uh, the next conspiracy theory I would like to run across you guys. This is a good one for both of you, I feel like. Uh, we're living in the Matrix. Whoa. That pretty much proves it. Channel 5. What? A man running naked through traffic. Another uh -huh. armed and hallucinating on a Lake Worth roof. A mom accused of leaving her child alone by a busy road. Those have been top stories in recent months, all believed to have in common the newest street drug, Flocka. It's gone from obscurity to a daily problem for police. Tonight, News Channel 5's Brian Enton with an exclusive look at the West Palm Beach Police Department's fight against Flocka. 911, where's your emergency? What he has fuck? this drug on him called Flocka, <laughs> and that's what has him hallucinating. He the got calls that Flocka. are the craziest. With the fog, you got me up and keep me up. I walk like 10 miles. Val Moore has heard in her 27-year career. They're like really psychotic. They're screaming, they're yelling. Her eyes is like, she's not herself. And they're coming in more often. Uh, I mean, it's just an increase of calls since January. They're all experiencing like superhuman kind of strengths. <laughs> West Palm Beach Police <laughs> Officer Jennifer Favor went from almost never hearing a flaca. I actually had a, a man running naked down um, Quadro. To getting calls almost every day. David, yes, I wanted to ask you a question. She even knows some users by name. When you tried flaca, what happened? That's different than trying another drug. It felt like I was being injected by adrenaline, like steroids, like supermax. And when they stop using... It's like a drop, like you, you know, a, a terrible crash. A crash. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very easy. It's cheap and everywhere. It's like you going to the store buying a 50 cents candy. A lot of the dealers that we have arrested, they know the effects. We can't show you this West Palm Beach undercover officer's face. We do undercover work uh, all throughout the state and uh, for my safety. But he wants you to know he's on the job. Paranoia. Um, delusional. Um, they kind of go into a state where they lose control. Going after the major suppliers who get this dangerous drug. They know what it does to you and they um, don't care. Shipped here from overseas. They just know there's an easy buck to make at the end of the day. It's like easy to sell, I know. easy to buy, easy That's to That's what use. I'm saying. But not always easy to prove until now. He's put on gloves because... Do they really think that that shit will give you superhuman strength? It's like PCP test kits. It's like PCP mixed with cocaine mixed with meth. Something small enough to give you a reaction. Street officers will now be able to know instantly if the drug they're seeing... It's always something extreme. A lot more of... Or they're trying to jump off the building, they're trying to jump out of a tree... ...is truly Flocka. If you're around somebody high on that, do you feel a danger if they're yes. high on that? That's you're not going to be around them, right? Yeah. That's Cops what say they're the trying to Oftentimes is shipped in from overseas countries like China. Mm -hmm. They send it right over into West Palm Beach and other parts of Florida where the dealers distribute it. And it's actually a chemical called Alpha PVP. 
it is that very high demand and that very cheap cost that is fueling the fire oh, right here shit. in South Florida. That's that Brian Engel, WPTV shit. News Channel 5. Yeah. Bro. So, like, that, if that gives you an example, there's all kinds of, like, weird, like, mind-altering drugs that are coming out that you just really don't want to try. You know what I mean? Like, look at this one. Like, not that one. Are you on drugs? Man, Tell me what's wrong. No, What's wrong? I never said that. I'm going to I do it. Oh, that's fucking cheap. Can call 911? They say they don't need Okay, they're coming. I'm sorry. Yes, it's just I'm sorry. It's just What'd you say? Uh, she's possessed uh, by a demon. Yeah, that's demon possession at that point. Okay, so that's what I was gonna get into, like because we were talking about the occult, and okay. that's why I wanted Here to bring up Flocka. I'm so, glad you like, brought this shit yes, up. Yes, drugs. Certain drugs are a gateway to unsafe thoughts and processes. Vulnerable. Vo yes, yes. They're that gateway, vulnerability, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, this For shit is possession, the... even. You know yes. what I mean? Like, uh, they, they, their body, they're just not in control. They don't, they don't want their mind to be there, so what else is going to be there? You know what I mean? What are they doing? Are they, are they mentally aware of what yeah. they are doing or is something else working through that when you allow yourself to become like vulnerable to certain elements and forces it's just like uh you accept them in ways that you know you probably shouldn't but you feel the, so comfortable the average person with m mental fortitude you know mm -hmm. what i mean and that stuff has been that's been used through generations like you look at uh just like the Native Americans and how they have rites of passages with psychedelic experiences, whether it's like with the peyote cactus or, or peyote, various just things that they just know ayahuasca, you know, will have that kind of effect on you. And then you have that spiritual journey so you don't become a brittle spirit. So you know uh, where both halves of the line that you walk are on either side. And it's like... Uh, been taken advantage of a lot in the occult like i talked about the thelemites if you're ever into like the psychedelic culture uh, you'll notice this too is just like things will be things are fun uh things are they can be uh a lot of things it's a weird one but it's like uh you'll notice certain people in certain like atmospheres that try to have certain like control or like say certain things to other people and they'll just uh get inside people's heads and change who they are like as a person like they'll take part of them 
with them in a way and uh it's some real occult shit like so breaking somebody down reducing them to a childlike state uh altering their perception like the way that they look at fundamental things um moralistically like changing what they are and that's a whole nother thing uh that circles back into the meme versus the gene thing, like certain ideas, subjectivity. Uh, there's certain like rituals that the occult practiced uh, when it comes to that sort of thing, but it's very um, any like true scholar of magic, like anybody that really studies that stuff and like knows how to how to navigate it. Uh, in a certain light, uh, they know never to fuck with that sort of thing because it's it's really hop, skip, and jump, and you're fucking dead. Well, there's a term like people try to use like others' aimlessness against them, or just like uncertainties against them, or whatever they can and try to turn them into like conduits uh connections openings to other things uh turning you into like a vessel for something else to carry uh something that they made you like kind of thing and that shit is really fucked up and uh some of it like i mean people have rituals like that anyway in certain ways and some of it is like really uh beautiful like in its camaraderie and like in its uh transcendence to like understanding certain like elements of people that you are close to and things like that it's how like inner circles are created uh both good and bad but um yeah the occult and it goes it goes farther beyond just just that too but i've i've just seen like you hear stories and like you just see things about uh like people in certain cultures that have to do with like drugs uh manifesting and certain things around them like that shouldn't happen you know wouldn't naturally happen characters that are out of place like things that don't exist that nobody else sees that you guys do even the ones that you know aren't even under the influence of anything they're just there uh certain synchronicities things will come to you and again all of this stuff is like very individual he said what are the chances and the chances are 100 (laughs) percent you know what i mean uh no, definitely. I mean, think of all the stuff that gets attached to you without you even knowing about it. Just waking up from a dream that you forgot about, like. Sometimes I wonder where I go in my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dreams. Yeah, I used to carry... Well, I still do. I have a bunch of dream journals. I just try to, like, write down as much as I can. 
as much as I can remember. I'm glad that I did that at an early age, too, because I had the sense to actually uh, articulate. Right. Uh, but what were you saying, Zach, speaking of dreams? Yeah. Oh, I, I was, I was going to, like, just kind of throw in, do you think that everything right now is the Matrix at the moment? So the first time I ever did shrooms, I watched the Matrix. This is the first time I ever... Uh, uh, That's a good one. What? The Matrix? Yeah. Have you ever watched that? Like, on, on psychedelics? Never had to. I got it, man. No, I got it when I watched it originally. Think... But, like, I have watched it on mushrooms, and it changed my life. Yeah. Honestly, like it no, really did. No, like I, that is I, one of the most no, prolific I, I moments that I think I've ever had. While it changes your perception of everything, my perception completely changed after that. It was based on a uh, a science fiction novel back in the '60s, I think. It was called The Neuromancer, and um, and it talks a lot about like stuff like that. It takes place in like a future after like Japan takes over most of like the world and it's it's really weird it's kind of like clockwork orange like they use slang that that uh you don't really understand because it's the, the future yeah shit like that to come get one in the arbles exactly. if you've got any arbles <laughs> all right zach did you have any more uh random conspiracy theories for us Yes, yes, of course I do. You know I do. Um, the, the birds the are in the flat. bourgeoisie. Say that again, sorry. <laughs> the Earth is flat. The most like well-known one out there. False. Fake news. I've seen a horizon. <laughs> I've flown in a helicopter. Like I know. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen some shit, man. You've seen the Bazawenya <laughs> in the morning. Here you beach. go. This is another good one. The Large Hadron Collider is the device to awaken an Egyptian mm -hmm. god. I think that that one might be closer to true than some might think. It's intended to awaken, to awaken Osiris, the Egyptian god of death, did by you, creating a national portal. Did you see the opening ceremony for the outdoor, uh, for that Hadron Collider? Yeah, because it was creepy as fuck. Yeah, and, I definitely uh, saw the one in like Sweden or something like that. Yeah, or Norway, like some some weird shit. They had they had mountains, mm. really big mountains. So like, yeah, it was the point. Yeah, yeah, the whole the mountains. They it was like a tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean the, the it's possible. I I don't think we. I don't think anyone. Well, not anyone. Yeah, I don't know. Like, cause that that definitely freaked me out. And that video, cause I watched the whole thing. I watched hours of that actually, different angles. Yeah, going back to uh, Greek mythology too. Like, uh, they used to. There was like a place they had like holes dug out of caves where they would have like um, these pictures like on on projections and shit that would they would say was like a communication with like other dimensions things like that but i mean um weird 
I see, I think uh, portals to another dimension and stuff do exist, but they're so slim of finding them because they just appear out of nowhere and they disappear out of nowhere. Yeah, just like any moment, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but there's also that, that uh, I can't remember who said it, but it's like the idea of quantum mechanics. Like yes. If you punch a wall enough, uh, mm-hmm. your hand it will physically go through it um, because of quantum mechanics. This just reminds me of this episode <laughs> of Star Trek: The Next Generation when uh, the Ferengi was trying to buy a black hole that they thought was stable, and it actually wasn't. Surprise! <laughs> yeah. Surprise, Surprise, motherfucker! They went in one end and like came out ten thousand or ten million light years away, you know, somewhere else, completely undiscovered. Take that, because the universe is forever growing. Yeah. Um. I have another one. The moon doesn't... This is with the flat earth thing. The moon doesn't exist. It's a projection. The moon is a projection, but it does exist. <laughs> the projection exists. A projection no, it's from not the sun. a projection. It's, it's a reflection. It's a projector. Projector, yeah. Uh, uh, it's a well, pool it of water. <laughs> it's made That's out true. of cheese, man. Oh man! I There's love a man that, that lives the up cheddar there, goblin. Scoob. No, that's where the cheddar goblin lives. He lives on the moon. <laughs> I really um, love that, and I totally want to think more about about that. I'm gonna draw him. I'm gonna draw a cheddar goblin. I'm so serious. Cheddar goblin. Oh, yes. Uh, I'll send it directly. That movie to was you. a fucking. You know, you know what that's from, right? Yeah, Mandy. I watched Mandy. Holy oh, my God. shit. Okay, the thing with the starlings, first of all. Can I talk about that for a second? Starlings are mentioned in Shakespeare, and it was like a, a, one of Henry VIII or something. Uh, one of the Shakespeare plays nobody gives a shit about. We're like... <laughs> uh, uh, one of the kings trains a starling to say the name of his worst enemy, so mm-hmm. he just annoy him. And another thing with the starlings was in... Uh, silence of the lambs where there was a deleted scene where uh see starlings with recessive genes they'll die during their first flight because they just won't be able to do it um and there's a deleted scene where hannibal was talking to clarice and he was just like uh giving this creepy speech about like let's see if she's recessive and her first name is starling and her first flight the buffalo bill case was her first case in the FBI. So that's just another echo of just like things. That whole movie was kind of an homage, like in a way. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, I have two <laughs> more topics, or well, two more conspiracy theories to run across you. The Simpsons uh, like can tell the future. Yes. <laughs> that one, yeah. I don't know how, but, like, they've told the future so many goddamn times. You know what's funny? Uh, the guy that wrote this book, House of Leaves, he is a huge Simpsons fan, and his hair is blue and shit. <laughs> like, really oh, weird. Man. Yeah. Uh, but do you think Jay-Z is a time-traveling vampire? No, but I think something was weird about Elvis Presley. I think he wasn't human. You don't think he was human? I don't think Elvis was human. 
he seemed um, really weird. I, there was some footage of him. What, like, him being with a 14-year-old girl? Yeah, that was weird as fuck, too. <laughs> also, <laughs> let's, up, let's go back to, like, the occult. Uh, the Thelemites, do what thou wilt. Like, all of that shit. How that might circle back into the whole Pizzagate conspiracy and right. what have you. Because that shit gets real fucking culty when you look into it. Q&A doesn't do that shit like justice. That whole thing is... Uh, what they have going with that one is whack. Um, I have another one here. Dinosaurs helped build the pyramids. Mm. Um, this came from a pastor in 2007 that... A velocipastor? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that entire movie. I was oh, there. Man. Were you? No. Oh. The velocipastor was there when he built the pyramids. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, Pastor Vitz Vinek in 2007. Of course the dinosaurs existed. Mm. It is mentioned in the Book of Job. Mm -hmm. They were used to help mm. build the pyramids. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But probably false. Yeah, I don't know yeah. about that one. Yeah, I don't think the pyramids have been around as mm -hmm. long as dinosaurs have. There's no, such thing definitely. as carbon dating and you know, it came from a pastor, so it's not a man of science. Um, yeah. How this else did they pull the blocks up there? <laughs> it was a Tyrannosaurus. It was a Tyrannosaurus. Those little arms were good enough to pick up giant Fucking blocks of creationists. Sand. Get out of here, you god-bothering um, clown shoe salesman. I, I love this one because I've actually looked into this. This mm. is the last uh, conspiracy theory I have. Uh mm. This is the Denver airport is a home of all evil and That's, a home to the new world uh, order. I don't know about that, but there's a lot of weird. There's a lot of weird architecture going on. and inconsistencies and like architecture as well. Like things, freaky statues, anomalous too. shit happens there too. Have like, you guys even looked at like the murals mm -hmm. of the Denver airport? Yeah, yeah, they're fucked up. I've, I've been to that airport. Me too, many times. My dad lives there. Yeah, Not to mention all the shit that's going on underground there. Oh, yeah. They have a whole train the... system down there that probably links somewhere else. I'm like, these murals are so crazily, crazy weird. And Well, like... look at Colorado and the history of it in general. And, like, let's go back to The Shining. Like uh, I know. Yeah. Like, there's a but lot of weird fucking shit. As far as, like, UFO stuff goes, too. Like, missing persons cases. Uh, you know, oh, just weird stuff. This kid is yeah. crying and holding a gray squirrel. I love I love this one, where they have, like, a, a, a communist man with a scimitar and, a, like, an assault rifle running <laughs> over uh, a child... And then, like, in the background, they have, like, this trail of tear shit going on. And then above that, he has a rainbow. Uh, yeah, considering all the research done... There's, like, um, a bird in, like, a glass box, and all the trees are burning uh -huh. behind him. I know. And, like, well, somebody's yeah. in, like, a coffin. All the Native American shit is super fucked up. Yeah, that's not even the weirdest thing, is that, like, the, uh, what is it, the horse, the, the dark horse that stands at the Denver airport with the red eyes and stuff. Yeah. Katy like, Perry? Yeah. 
yeah, another dark yeah, horse. That, that. Another. Yeah. I don't know who built that, but that horse is terrifying. There's an another repetition. So, an African American, an Native American, and. The horse is the white of the eye. A dead leopard. And dark within. A whale. There's a city in the background. Uh, yeah, I think that's almost that's pretty much all of them. I mean, the last one that I could say is Hitler lived his suicide, but oh, oh yeah, that one's creepy. Yeah, the guy who looks like the dude, the bad guy from the gorillas music videos, <laughs> except he's in a Nazi <laughs> uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that should, that should wrap up. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I would like to thank uh, our guest for appearing on our uh, on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah. this has definitely uh. been one of our longer episodes, you know, but it might be that niche I, that uh, It's an homage we to the first one, you know. Yeah. And speaking of homages, like, my name is John Fribley Hosier Third. I'm a product of procreation. Well, thank Another. you, John Fribley Hosier Third. Also, uh, yeah, y'all should read House of Leaves. It sounds interesting. You really caught my attention on, like, a shit ton of stuff. Yeah, no, that's uh, definitely a dense read. You aren't, you aren't here with us, Zach. But um, this is a thick book. It's a yeah. big book. Oh, I I know. It like, looks like a textbook. Can... Hey, let's um, see how many how many pages is it? Depends on if you get the hardback or the softback and what edition. It says it's seven hundred and nine pages. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about that's right. That's the number I'm seeing. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's like. Mm dune level because i think i have dune. i have dune sitting over there that has like it's definitely like the craziest thing well, it has like nine hundred thousand mm. pages in it and i'm like jesus like i could do an entire podcast just about that book holy shit man are you talking about dune no uh house oh. of leaves <laughs> I, was like, like, I, could do just, I could do a podcast just about let's this. do a book like, club let's all read dune <laughs> and then come back and talk <laughs> about it i would totally get into a book club with y'all because i get into book reports like i'll highlight shit and do make side notes and stuff yeah if it's good enough no definitely if you guys want to get started on a, a book club we can totally do that yeah but i think that should wrap up this uh first episode of deep dive mm-hmm. yep under the Spitting Nonsense podcast, we now have a small show <laughs> called Deep Dive. The Deep Dive. Yes. And you don't know what we're going to dive in deep on, but we're going to go there. <laughs> All right, Zach. Why did you have to say it like that? <laughs> because you got to leave mystery, man. All right. Uh, All right, I Zach. Do you, do you have, have yeah, do you have anything to say, Zach, at the end here? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, for everyone listening... Uh, when you go outside, don't get eaten. Don't get eaten, people. Thank don't you so much. Alright, until next time. Bye, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to the Spitting Nonsense Podcast. If you enjoyed anything we talked about and want to support or talk to us, 
we have included all the links you need at the Spitting Nonsense podcast on Discord. The link is posted in the description. Thanks again for listening.